Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, my loves. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast, episode 170, How to Stop Obsessing Over Your Ex. Or wow. any past partner, really, or any past person you went on a date with. You went on one yeah, date with, and now you're totally. still obsessing about that person. How to or stop the guy, obsessing. The guy at work or the woman at work or whatever. Like the, This is actually, yeah, totally. This episode is going to serve you. Whoever you're obsessing over, stop it. (laughs) That's where we start. Just stop it. (laughs) Um, Usually when we're in obsession, I'm excited to unpack this one. It's been on our list for a long time because it's so common. Yes. And I just think it's like such a way for us to stay in suffering and a way to keep ourselves from feeling good. Like it's, it's just, it's really a victim mentality to stay hooked in because the reality is you might be aligned to be with someone you've been with in the past or someone you have feelings for that you're not currently with. But when you are obsessing over them and you are hooked into thinking you have to be with them in order to feel good, you're not going to feel good. Even if you, even if they, even if you get them, even if they come back into your life and want you back, all your stuff's going to still arise. Like it, it, it's such a waste of your time. And, um, we'll, we'll definitely share tools and tips with you today on how to, how to break free from the pattern. Cause certainly it's a pattern and it's a, it's an addiction, but it is such a way to it's it. I just think like, how powerless am I, if I'm focusing on something I do not have and thinking and believing that the, having that thing is going to make me feel better. I mean, you're so powerless and that's not the answer to feeling better. And so stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you can't be in the like dating and relationship coaching world without hearing the countless stories. And even if you're not in the world as a professional, like us among your friends, maybe, maybe it's not even you who's the, who's obsessing, although you probably clicked this episode because you're the one obsessing, but think about how often maybe you're sitting around with your girlfriends and you're all reminiscing about past partners, right? Or you're all still hooked on the person that you went on a good date with and, you know, then they disappeared. And I love, you know, Kate always makes it, you know, root roots it and comes back to this, that the first place of obsession is because you don't know how to feel whatever you were feeling with that person on your own. Right. And the brain is trying to comprehend that and, and, you know, manage that, but it's still, you know, hopefully it provides some compassion and like an entry point of like, okay, if I'm, what I'm obsessing about is actually not the person. It's about how I was feeling when I was with that person or having that experience and to take it. And then the next level is the recognition that if you truly are so obsessive about a past partner, 
you're in your childhood material. And I think as a culture, we don't, we don't actually know how to deal with feelings at all. Like this is going to turn into like an episode on emotional intelligence. I think Kate, (laughs) like we, we are addicted. We're not even addicted to feeling good. We're addicted to just not feeling anything like too intensely, right? Like we have people who are afraid to feel really good. And then people who are very afraid of rejection, disappointment, pain, all things that are actually a part of life. And in in my experience, you know, when I'm working with clients, usually someone who's obsessing is someone who actually hasn't grieved. And it doesn't mean that you need like 20 years of therapy, you know, to grieve, but it means the recognition of just being able to name the loss of whatever the person was, right? Like breakups, we're not just grieving the end of a relationship or grieving the end of whatever we hoped would be. You know, yes. that's something that's happening for me right now after losing, you know, my mother-in-law, that it is that I'm grieving the tragic loss of her. But then on top of that is the the life that we had thought we were going to have with her, with our yes. baby. So obsession is a way of just keeping you from actually not feeling the feelings that need to be felt, which if you can't do that on your own, then don't do it on your own. Get a therapist or hire a coach, right? Like that's the vulnerability of like, wow, this isn't normal. I don't have to live like this. Like, that's the first thing I want to say, like breaking free from the victim perspective would say, wait a second, this isn't okay. This person's not in my life, but I'm spending all day thinking about them, that this person's moved on and and is living their life. Great. But I'm the one who's now abandoning every aspect of my life because I'm obsessing about what they're doing or not doing. Then that third piece for me is not only, okay. Second is do the work of being with your feelings recognize that you're obsessing because you have not done your grief work. You have not done your childhood work. And that's why it's a compulsion. And then the third piece is take your power back. Like actually look at, do I know how to make choices for myself in my life? Do I know how to feel like the chooser in my life? Do I know how to feel good in my life? Do I have people in my life that reflect me appropriately back to myself? Or am I surrounded by people that I always feel not good enough or don't get my needs met? Because it is pretty impossible to obsess over something unless you have obsessive compulsive disorder and then please get a therapist. <laughs> like that's a real thing, but it is pretty hard to obsess over an ex if your attention is on building your life. And I've shared a million times, I built my business from my horrible breakup, like turning my attention towards something for me, helping other, also not only turning my attention towards something for me, turning my attention to being of service. To other people, you know, I found myself saying that to another client the other day who's having a really hard time. I was like, when was the last time you called your friends to just ask how they were doing? Right. Like sometimes when we're in such darkness, we lose awareness of the rest of the world and of other people. And actually, I mean, this is why I love 12 step programs, because these are the principles of that, like being of service and getting outside of ourselves is the thing that sometimes provides a breakthrough of like, oh, right. It's not like all about me. I don't have to like keep spinning in these, you know, thoughts about my ex all the time. So taking your power back is for you and then connecting with other people in meaningful ways. I mean, there's nothing that beats that, which is also probably what's driving the obsession too. Like, oh, we were so connected. Okay. Do you know, do you have meaningful connections everywhere? in your life. I mean, I'm so filled up, filled up by, I mean, I'm filled up by Voxer conversations with you. I don't even have to actually be on the phone with my friends. I'm filled up by just listening to my friends on Voxer, let alone having a real, you know, conversation where we're talking about meaningful things, not talking about our exes (laughs) or or who's in the most pain about our relationship. Yes. Yeah. And I, as you're 
talking about all of that, I was just thinking like, I feel like it's actually women are most, most women. And I'd say maybe all, <laughs> and unless they've done a lot of healing and, and growth work, most women are in an abusive relationship with themselves internally. And I think yes. being obsessed with your ex is just a form of self-abuse because if you, mm. it, it's arguing with reality is one of the greatest ways that we suffer, that we create our own suffering. And we be, we, we are essentially like putting ourselves on a, um, roller coaster. I said that the other day and my client's like, I love a roller coaster. I'm like, okay, not a roller coaster, <laughs> a boat ride with like a storm where you're like throwing up over the side. Like it, it you're creating the storm yourself yeah. because if you are obsessing with something that is not in front of you, it's not here right now for a reason. And, um, actually I'll share, I had a relationship and so I haven't, I've shared bits and little tiny bits and pieces, but I had a relationship end that I was in in the spring and it was the first, We it wasn't really a relationship then. We were more dating exclusively and just really enjoying each other's company, really beautiful connection. And it was my first guy that I dated since Jeff, like actual had a connection with. And it was so beautiful. And then he shut down at one point and his, I could start to feel towards the end, he was closing and closing and closing. And he had his own wounding and stuff come up. And I could see like doing what I do for a living. I knew exactly what was happening, where it was coming from. Like I wanted to tell him, I think I did a few times try and tell him, but he obviously, it's not my job. I'm not his therapist or his coach, but, um, but he shut down. And when he shut down, I was really disappointed because I was loving our connection and I was loving our sex and I was loving the experience. And it literally was, we saw each other twice a week, which was perfect for me. I had my full life and then got to see him and have this beautiful connection. But when it ended, I wasn't like, oh my God, he should be here. Why is this ending? I just want to be with him. I wasn't obsessing over him. I wasn't, I just grieved exactly what you said. I just cried. I felt my feelings. I, you know, grieved for a couple of weeks on and off. Like I just was like, wow, I'm sad because I wasn't really ready for that to be over, but it's over. And in my life, when anything is over, it's because it's supposed to be over. I just got noticed that my apartment got sold and I have to move out in six weeks. Okay, there's something else I'm meant to experience. So I had that mentality because that's how I live my life. And I know every time something happens, it's supposed to happen. And in my relationship with this beautiful man, I kept a friendship with him. I kept my heart open. I was loving, appreciative. He was loving and appreciative. We both live in Athens and aren't from here. We kept this sweet connection. I didn't keep the connection with an intention to get him back. I just kept the connection because I was enjoying him and I loved how, how supportive we were of each other. I went through some hard stuff in October. He was there supporting me. It was amazing. We stayed friends. And then in December, he had reflected a lot on what had happened and saw his patterns and realized what was going on. And he, you know, apologized for an hour and then shared he wanted to be back together. Now I'm experiencing like such a beautiful, beautiful deepening of love. And I can see in retrospect, those four months we weren't together were part of our relationship. We actually needed to go through that because both of us, when we met, weren't ready for a relationship. And now in retrospect, like that time built so much trust because we kept our hearts open. We kept supporting each other without trying to get something. So important caveat, I didn't do that to try and get it back. 
I didn't do that because I thought we were going to get back together. I actually let it go completely. So, and so, you know, sometimes it's easier said than done, like letting some, letting someone go, but really what's happening, my loves is when you are obsessing with someone, you're stuck in the story in your mind and you're, you're writing a story. Your, your, your reality is a, is a d- direct reflection of whatever stories you're telling yourself and believing mm-hmm. that voice in your head, give her a name call her Regina, call her something else. That's not you. It's your conditioned self. And the story, I even think about the fantasy of breakups and obsessing over exes that's in movies where exes, people long for someone and then they get back together unexpectedly. And, you know, I just told the story about me and my guy. So you might think, oh, like it's like, maybe I can get back with my ex, but it's like you exactly what you said, everything you're feeling and everything you felt inside of that relationship is you, your grief needs to be felt, your, your pleasure needs to be felt. And you, this is a great opportunity for you to look at everything that you felt inside of that relationship. Some of you are in complete fantasy and you actually had a toxic relationship and you're obsessed with the idea of being with them because you don't want to feel the pain of feeling rejected or feeling like it's not in your control. That's your wounding. You need to call Catherine or I and start doing some deeper, um, deeper growth and and, and growing up that those younger parts of you that are hooked into it from your wounding. So that's some of you, that's going to be the case. And for those of you who you genuinely just loved your connection and it was a beautiful experience, spend some time writing down. What did you feel inside of that relationship? Oh, I felt alive. I felt connected. Like you said, I felt turned on. I felt supported. I felt excited. Okay, great. Start to cultivate that, those feelings inside of yourself do things in your life, create experiences, hang out with people that cultivate those feelings and activate those feelings inside of you. So that next time, whether it's him or someone else in the future that comes back uh, or comes into your life, you're ready for them because you actually aren't looking for them to fill those parts of you up. You're not giving them the credit, which is going to get like, that is the setup. When we give someone credit for our pleasure in the beginning, it is the setup for later on, if it doesn't work out, thinking they hold the key. They do not hold the key to your heart, my love. So you do. You, 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 you. Obsession is a distraction. You know, we've had, we have so many incredible episodes on breakups and I feel like we could record about 50 more, but there's a difference. So I want to name that there's a difference between, you know, immediately after a breakup, thinking about your ex, like that is so fucking normal. (laughs) Like you're going to have, you're going to be reminiscing. You're going to be having a hard time. You're going to be thinking about your ex, right? Immediately after a breakup. We're now in the territory of obsession. Like if you are obsessing, if lots of time has passed or- If it was a fairly insignificant thing, right? Someone you only knew for two dates, right? Or two weeks or um, one date for crying out loud. And then they disappeared, right? Obsession now is ask is calling your attention to deeper work. Like period. If you're obsessing, you're being called to deeper work. And obsession is a distraction from the deeper work. And I love the the story analogy because it also is just any kind of fantasy. Like the obsession is about I the expectations, the untold un- expectations that you had on that person or on that relationship, you know? And I love that you just shared the story about your man. And I hope everyone heard it from just like actually hearing how unattached, like you continuously yes. remain. And also remember last episode, Kate talked about being 14 years of doing personal development work or 17 or whatever number it was that 
like, okay, that's the result, right. Of that long of work. Like every time you're hearing, you know, we are, we're not perfect, but we're definitely together committed to our own inner work and to embodying the things that we're teaching. And there's a difference between the perfected persona that you often see on the internet, not from us, but from other people that you tell yourself like, oh, there's some magical destination that I'm supposed to get to and I've done enough healing work rather than you won't obsess about your ex or anyone that you met because you'll just be able to be with whatever is real and true around your experiences, right? You won't need to tell stories about it. You won't need to fantasize. You won't need to avoid your feelings, right? You know, we have, I have my episode about dealing with dating disappointment, right? We somehow think that when I've mastered dating, I'll only attract high quality men or I'll only have positive experiences. There's no such thing as that. If you are choosing to be human, you're saying yes to the whole thing that involves being human. And sometimes things work out and sometimes they don't. And sometimes people behave lovingly and sometimes they don't. But the thing that you have control over, which is actually the root of this episode, is us anchoring you back into you actually do have control over your thoughts. You actually do have control over your feelings. You definitely have control over how you behave. You do not have control over how other people behave, but you have control to wake up in the morning and decide, how do I want to think about myself today? Do I want to behave like a woman who is worthy and valuable today and act as if I know that to be true? Or do I want to walk through the world today and behave like that's not and ask the world to try to make me feel better? Because there's, that's the choice that most women are making. A lot of also the choice people are making is saying, I'm going to wake up in the morning and tell the world I have to prove to, I'm going to spend the day proving to the world, right? That I matter rather than resting in the truth. And, you know, the, the stop, you know, you'll stop obsessing when you kind of stop trying to not obsess. Like I've also watched that of like, getting upset if you're having the like constant ruminating thoughts or saying like, I wish this wasn't true. I promise you that the, the truth of where, you know, energy flows, where attention goes, like your thoughts won't, you won't take control of your thoughts by hating the thoughts that come up. It's saying like, oh, look, I'm thinking about my ex. That's not good for me. And I'm going to turn my attention towards something that matters. And the more you throw yourself into the things that are good for you, you won't even, you, the thoughts will just naturally actually go away rather than saying, I'm going to figure out how to stop the thoughts. Yes. I have an, I just have an idea. Sorry. And you can tell that I'm like, I'm right here. Um, I have an idea. If you're like, if you're that person that's obsessed, obsessed, do like a 30 day Kundalini yoga journey because mm-hmm. Kundalini yoga or breath work, but Kundalini yoga, there's lots of fiery breath and it's like, it's so intense that you like your thoughts at the end are gone. Like, like it burns through, it really shifts energy and it shifts obsessive thinking. Um, so that, that would be a great actual tangible practice that you could get into right now. Or breath work is really, really great too. Cause it, 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 a lot breath work facilitated breath work. There's many different types, but breath work allows you. And it's like a facilitated. So those of you don't know what breath work is, it's like a 60 minute or 90 minute journey with some, you can do it privately. You can do it in group settings. And if you Google it, you'll, I'm sure you'll find it in your area. Um, you can also do it online, but if you, um, if you look it up, it's what it is, it's this journey. Uh, there's many different types of breath, but it's, it's a repetitive breath you do over and over again, and it takes you into an altered state. So you're no longer in a thinking state. You're now feeling 
and all your grief will come up. And so all the stuff that actually is underneath this story and the obsession that just needs to be felt gets to be felt when you're doing breath. It's phenomenal breath work. That has like, that was super life-changing for me. And I also just wanted to speak to the thing that you said about me being on the journey a long time. I'm glad you said that because definitely comparison, like I shared my stories so that, you know, I'm on the journey and here's what it can look like. And I'll share client stories for the same reason. And so will you. And the reality is nobody's journey is the same as you, but I have been devoted to my soul for 16 years, almost 17. I've been devoted to my soul for that long. And so, yeah, for me, I'm anchored when I'm dating, like all of these things we talk about, it's easier. So if you're out there trying to apply what we're teaching and it's really hard for you, mm. be compassionate and gentle with yourself because yes. wherever you are in the journey is where you're meant to be. There's no, you shouldn't be any further along and it's not supposed to look the same. And if it's a real struggle for you, join Catherine or I in our containers. Like we literally do this work. I guide women home. It took me 17 years to get here. And I work with women where they get there in six months or they get there in a year or they get there, you know, post a week with me in Greece, like, and not to say you you're done. You're never done. Life will always challenge us. We'll always be growing and evolving, but, but get into a container where you're being supported to understand yourself more deeply and understand what parts of you are leading your relationships and dating so that you can take your power back and you can actually devote your life to your own soul. Like instead of obsessing about your ex, become obsessed with yourself Yes, and not in a vain way, not like, Oh my God, I'm so hot. But like, I mean, you can think you're hot. That's great too. But like, cause women really, we could use more arrogance. I think across the, across the board, women on planet earth can use more arrogance, but, but I'm talking about like real, like that obsession you have with him become endlessly obsessed and fascinated and curious with you. And like, what lights me up? What lights up my soul? Like let this time of obsession, like that's a lot of energy you're putting into someone else's world. Who's not even there right now. And probably a lot of the people who this energy is going towards isn't even deserving of it. There's a lot of you who are hooked into and obsessed with someone who's actually really toxic and and harmful for you to be in relationship with, who's actually hurting your self-esteem, who's hurting how you feel about yourself and how you perceive yourself, who's contributing to you believing you're not good enough and not worthy and not lovable. So take all of that energy, that is a lot of potent energy, and turn it towards you Turn it towards getting to know you, exploring every corner of you, investing in you, learning about you, growing with you. There is so much available to you. And then you get to have experiences where you don't become so sideswiped. And so because your ex isn't the one in the future, when you're super rooted in yourself, you're no longer obsessed with exes anymore, like where we're at in our journey, because we know that our, our partners are not our source. We know that no matter what we'd be okay, it doesn't mean we would feel grief and pain and, and sadness if a relationship ended, but, but we're not looking for them to be responsible for how we feel in any way. And that's what we're sharing with you and teaching you how to do. Um, and then the other thing I want to say is you can still love them. Even if it was toxic, I love all my former partners actually, except for the, there was two toxic ones that I actually don't care for too much, but Every relationship I ever had, I hold so much love for them in my hearts. I still care about them. If I talk to them, I talk to them with so much love, which is what I did with my partner now. I was so loving with him because that's how I am with all my former partners. I did a episode. I I don't know if it was a solo episode or it was me and you, but it was leaving with love. Maybe it was both of us. Um, When I left Jeff and it's like, 
that piece is so important because you can have love in your heart and like, like the story is what keeps us trapped in the blame or the obsession or the whatever. And that's just in your head. But when you like vent out the story, let it out, let it out, let it out, but stop telling it, stop talking to your friends about it. If you've been talking about it for a year, do not tell the story anymore. Write it on a fucking piece of paper, let it out fully, burn it, and then go on a 30 day cleanse where you stop telling the story because that just keeps you stuck. And you no longer talk about your ex for 30 full days. Every time one of your friends says, Hey, so what is your ex doing? Like, have you talked to him? What's happening? You say, thank you for asking. I'm actually not speaking of him anymore, but I appreciate you for checking it out and caring. And let's talk about something more meaningful and you shift your attention. So now you're rewiring your, where you're putting your attention burn that fucking story and then write a new one. And the new story is about you, not about him, <laughs> but you can Amen. still love him and set him free, hold him in your heart, mm. but like set the story free. I am so glad you said that because I think that's the problem. And this is what we say in every breakup episode is like, people think love is gone, which again yes. is that feeling, right? Love is not a feeling. love is, I guess I'd say both love is a feeling and deliberate action. But if you think that love is sourced from someone else, like that's why breakups are so hard for so many people. But if you know that love is what you are, and then love is the energetic exchange between the two souls of who you are, and that you're not your wounding and you're not your toxic patterns and that person's not their toxic patterns, there's not a reason for you to then go back to get back together with them, but you can love and choose not to be in relationship with them. You can love and accept that they're no longer in your life. You can love them and open your heart to actually love someone else who's available and wants to be with you and build a relationship with you. So I love, love, love that you said that. And just the remembrance that obsession is a distraction, right? So it's a call to taking your power back and it's a call to looking at the deeper work. And most of the reason why we're able to, you know, Kate and I are able to handle difficult things is because we've resolved past things. Like that, that's what the healing work is about. Like healing isn't about becoming numb and becoming fucking Buddha. Healing is I can actually be with the feelings of the present rather than when something presently happens, I'm swept by all of my unresolved stuff from the past. And that's why I'm so passionate about the childhood work, because most of the time, if you're really, really in a bad space after a breakup, it's actually not about the breakup. You're now in your childhood material. And so when you do the work that you, you do resolve things, like it isn't about becoming perfect, but it's, I'm no longer swept. Like, I don't have to think about my childhood anymore. I'm not swept by things in my relationship where I'd be acting like a five-year-old, right? Like I can be with the present tense, present reality of the magnitude of feelings that occur in the present, like pain and disappointment and upset and, and disconnection, and then actually handle them in the present. Like that's what the gift is rather than most people in my experience of, and, and the most, the drama of dating is about children is, is children with unresolved pain saying, take away my pain. Like, will you yes. take away my pain? Will you take away my pain? Will you take away my pain? Will you make me feel worthy? Will you make me feel loved? Which is rather causing than, your pain. <laughs> right. Which then creates more pain. And then you never get the thing that you're seeking. And so I don't know how many more times we can say it, that it, it starts and ends with you, you know, coming home to yourself and being good to your, being good to yourself. Like it's yes. bigger than just like loving yourself, you know, being good to yourself and know that, no, it's not good for you to be sitting around obsessing about your ex all the time. 
It's just not. And when, and when you love yourself, you do things that are good for you and you choose people who are good for you. And that's the magic. Yes. And let's zoom out for a second. This can be applied to every facet of your life. Like it's a victim mentality. If you're, if you're, if you're a victim to what has happened and what's not going, how you think it should be going, that's control. And when you're trying to control life, you're missing what you're actually supposed to experience. Mm -hmm. And there is so much love and beauty and connection and intimacy and joy. And like, there's, there's so much adventure yet to be had, not just with romantic partners, but in so like in every facet of your life, maybe you're meant to write a book. Maybe you're meant to, you know, write a Ted talk. Maybe you're meant to like move to another country. Like your life will open up when you take your fucking attention off what you think it's supposed to be. When you stop obsessing with what was, because what was, isn't meant for you right now, because it's not here right now. That's how, you know, it's like, oh, what, that whatever happens, that's saying what um, everything happens for a reason. And like sayings like this, just get not, we get numb to hearing them and it, they have no meaning to them. But what that means is it happened for a reason. How do we know that to be true? Because it fucking happened. And when you went like, this is one of the biggest things that changed my life. And I see with my clients too, when you start and my, my client that I, uh, Estella, Rachel Cowie, who I interviewed a few episodes ago, go back and listen to that one. It's amazing. It's about her journey of going from checking all the boxes and being in control. And she was hooked into her ex in, in many ways when we first started working together and the fantasy stories still. Um, but this is what happens when a woman relinquishes the story of what she thinks she's supposed to be and who she thinks she's supposed to be and what she thinks her life's supposed to look like. Then you get to experience the magic of who you are, the beauty of who you are and the epic life that's actually meant for you. Mm -hmm. We're not all meant to have the same life. Like the fact that we're all chasing the same life still blows my mind. How are we in 2023 when there's endless opportunities for like anything you can live anywhere you can be anything you can do anything you can have anything you can literally create anything in the modern world we live in and yet we're all still chasing the same thing our great-grandparents were chasing <laughs> like we're all still living Survi- in this so prison in survival mode. exactly <laughs> in survive because of our patterns because our saboteur and that little girl inside is in charge. So it's time to come home to yourself, time to build a relationship with yourself, time to take responsibility for your story, break free of being a victim to what's happened and take responsibility for your life. We love you. And as always spread this message and share this episode to all your friends obsessing about their exes or anyone else. And um, we'll see you next week. Much love. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.